In general, in order for food to be able to become tome upon having contact with a source of impurity, it must have first had hechsher, which means that it must have gained the ability to become tome, and that is generally done by getting wet by one of the seven liquids that the Torah gives the ability of hechsher to. For example, water, wine, honey... And if at some point in time, since the food item has been detached from the ground, or if it was never attached to the ground, if it became wet, then from that moment onwards it is fit to become impure, even if at the time that it actually has contact with a source of impurity, it is already dry. Now the previous Mishnah introduced that there are different categories of food items, not all of them require hechsher by getting wet, there are certain food items that are able to become impure, even if they have never become wet before. They are an exception to the regular law. And the Mishnah also mentioned that depending on what type of food it is, will define whether or not it is necessary for the owner of the food or for somebody to designate that item of food to actually be eaten. So like we learned at the end of the previous Mishnah, if it is food that is regularly eaten by people, so certainly there's no need for it to be specifically designated to be eaten, in order for it to have the status of food, since it's always eaten anyway, so of course it's considered to be food. But there are certain food items that are not regularly eaten, and those might possibly require a specific designation of a person for that item to be eaten, and only then is it considered to be food, and then if it becomes wet, then it would gain the ability to become tome. So this Mishnah lists the food items that require both a specific intention for it to be eaten, and it requires hechsher, it needs to become wet in order for it to gain the ability to become tomei. If somebody cuts a, some flesh off of a human being who is alive, or from an alive animal, or from an alive wild animal as opposed to a domesticated animal, or from an alive bird, all of these things, this flesh, is not generally eaten. It's not even generally eaten by a non-Jew. It happens to be forbidden even for a non-Jew to eat flesh that came off of an alive animal. So only once somebody has the specific intention to indeed eat it, then it will be considered a food item. And even once it's a food item, it would need to become wet in order for it to gain the ability to become tome. If somebody cuts off some flesh off of a non-kosher bird that died, the reason why the Mishnah specifies that it's a non-kosher bird is because a non-kosher bird is not a source of impurity in and of itself, other than the fact that it's a food item. Whereas a kosher bird that has died is actually an avhatumah, it's a source of impurity, and therefore a different law applies to that, as we'll see in the next Mishnah. Be it as it may, even non-Jews don't generally eat the meat of non-kosher birds, and therefore only if somebody specifically designates it to be eaten would it be considered a food, and then in, di- in addition to that... It would require hechsher, it would need to become wet in order for it to become, to, to gain the ability to become tomei. The fats of an animal that are in general forbidden to be eaten in villages where there aren't many people around, and these parts of the body, again, of the, of the animal are generally not eaten even by non-Jews. If we're in a very busy area like a town, so there's bound to be some people who are willing to eat that fat, and therefore it's considered to intrinsically be a food item. But in a village where there aren't many people, and, and in general this fat is not eaten, so it would not be considered a food unless specifically designated for that purpose. And all different kinds of wild vegetables and green leafy plants 
that are edible, but they're just not designated to be eaten in general. Chutzmish Mark Emopitres, these are two different types of onions. Even though these grow in the wild, they are generally eaten by people, and therefore they are intrinsically considered to be food items. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, These are also different types of wild, edible plants, vegetables. And according to Rabbi Huda, even though these are not necessarily regularly eaten, they are considered to still be like regular, normal food that is properly edible, and therefore there is no need for a specific designation of the for these food items to be eaten in order for it to have the status of food. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon says, This is another wild plant that grows. Rabbi Yosef says, The identification of the exact plants that are being mentioned over here are not entirely clear. But as it may, the items that were mentioned by the Mishnah require both a specific intention for it to be considered a food item, and in addition to that, they would require Hersher to become wet in order for them to gain the ability to become impure. Mishnah Gimel. A dead, domesticated animal that is not kosher in any place, whether we're in a village where there are few people or in a larger, busier town. In general, animals that died without being slaughtered and killed with a specific intention for them to be eaten, in general, non-Jews would not, even non-Jews wouldn't eat them. And a kosher bird that has died in villages where there are few people, again, this is not generally eaten even by non-Jews, although if we're in a town where there are more people, it's busier, so then there are bound to be some people who would eat the meat of a kosher bird that died without a proper slaughtering. So in that case, you wouldn't require specific intention for it to be eaten, but in a village, and likewise in the first case of the Mishnah, where it's a proper larger animal, these are not generally eaten, and therefore they would require a specific designation and intention of a person to actually eat them in order for them to, to be considered a food. But once they're considered a food, then they do not need to become wet in order for them to gain the ability to become impure by touching a source of impurity. Both of these items are sources of impurity themselves. Any large animal, even a domesticated animal, when it is dead, is a avatuma, it's a severe source of impurity. And with regards to a bird, only a kosher bird that died without a slaughtering is a source of impurity. Be it as it may, since it's a source of impurity, so there's no need for hechsher in order for it to gain the ability to become tome. Now the truth is, it's not as simple as it sounds, because there are really two different kinds of impurity that we're discussing over here. One is the impurity that applies to food items, that applies even to vegetables, for example. And the other type of impurity that we're talking about is the fact that these animals, if they died without a proper slaughtering, so they themselves are a source of impurity, not as a result of becoming impure from something else. So the Mishnah is teaching us that something that intrinsically itself is a source of impurity and also happens to be a food item, all of the laws that apply to impure food would apply to that as well, even without it touching a different source of impurity, because since it's impure itself, so it's touching itself, and it's like any food that becomes tome from a different source of impurity. And there are various ramifications between the two kinds of impurity, for example, how that impurity is transferred onwards to other items, 
So that's the end of the third category. And now the Mishnah goes on to the fourth and final category of things that, of food items that don't require a specific intention and designation for them to be food. And there's also no need for them to become wet in order for them to become impure. A kosher animal that has died without a proper slaughtering, which would permit it to be eaten. Such an animal is itself a source of impurity. And that's why there's no need for it to become wet. Like we just explained, because since itself it is a source of impurity, so it also gains the second kind of impurity of foods. And the reason why there's no need for a specific intention over here is because non-Jews who are allowed to eat meat even without it having been slaughtered properly, they would eat a the meat of a kosher animal. And this is true even if it's in a small village. A kosher bird that has died without a proper slaughtering as well as the the fats that are generally forbidden to be eaten. So these two things, the dead bird and the fats, Bashvokim, in the busy marketplaces, there are bound to be some people there who would eat it. So all of these things that were just listed, there is no need for there to be a specific intention and designation of somebody of that food in order for it to gain the status of food. And likewise, there is no need for it to become wet since it itself is a source of impurity. Now, with regards to the fat, that's not a source of impurity itself. Over here, there's a different reason why we don't need to wait for it to become wet, because the truth is it actually would have become wet when the animal was slaughtered. The blood that came out of the animal as soon as it was slaughtered would have gone onto part of the meat of the animal. And since at that point, all of the inside of the animal is considered to be connected like one, so the blood would actually be considered to have touched all of the inside of the animal. So not only the piece of flesh that was actually touched by the blood, but even the fats that are there are considered to have become wet, and thus, they would gain the ability to become impure upon having contact with a source of impurity. So the truth is, it does emerge, there is a small difference between the fats and the impure bird or animal. Because the impure bird and animal are already a source of impurity themselves, and like we explained before, it's a food item which essentially is touching itself, so it's like any food item that has touched a source of impurity. So already from now it will be considered tome as a food that is tome. On the other hand, the fat that has not touched a source of impurity, it's just become wet from the blood already, so that fat wouldn't yet actually be impure itself, However, it does have the ability already to become tome. If a source of impurity touches it, then it would immediately become impure because it has already become wet from the blood that initially squirted out of the animal when it was slaughtered. Ends off the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Af hagomol, even a camel, v'har neves, and a hare, shofan, and a rabbit, v'achazir, and a pig. These are the four animals that the Torah lists as having one out of the two signs and features that are needed for an animal to be kosher and to be permitted to be eaten. It must chew the cud and have spit hooves. So these four animals have only one of those two features, and because of that, the animals are not kosher. However, according to Rabbi Shimon, since they do have a certain level of similarity to kosher animals... Just like regular kosher animals are considered to be intrinsically food and therefore don't require the designation of a person specifically for it to gain the status of food. The same applies to these animals due to the fact that they do have at least one feature of a kosher animal. Now this reasoning does seem pretty surprising because at the end of the day it's not a kosher animal at all and it's forbidden to eat it. The fact that it has one of the features, why should that make a difference? So presumably 
this is more of a just a sign, possibly a reason why people would generally eat it. Non-Jews, for example, would eat the meat of these animals. And possibly one of the reasons for that is because they have one of the kosher signs. It's not entirely clear why this should be a reason for it to be considered more intrinsically a item of food. Mishnah Dalad, after the first three Mishnahs of this parak, this chapter talked about when exactly different items of food are considered to be food, when they can become tome. This mission is going to list a number of foods that do not have the ability to become tome like regular foods. Hasheves, which is probably dill, a certain herb that is added to various different dishes and occasionally it is cooked together with something else that's being cooked or boiled at the same time in order to give off of its taste to the rest of the dish. The Mishnah says, Once its taste has been given off in the pot in which it's being cooked, and then one removes it from the pot and it no longer has a taste, it would at that point lose its status of being a food item, to the extent that if it was truma, which is the sanctified part of one's produce, one's food that he needs to give to a koyain, but that only applies to food items. So Aimam Shem Truma, Truma would no longer apply to the dill once it loses all of its tastes. So if it was already designated as Truma, in general it's a severe prohibition if a non-Koyen consumes Truma, but that would no longer apply over here, or if perhaps it hasn't yet been designated as Truma, but there is a requirement to tithe it. Once it's no longer edible, so that requirement no longer would apply. And likewise, it would not be able to become tome with the impurity that applies to food, because it no longer is considered to be an item of food. Lulvezerodim continues the Mishnah, various different kinds of shoots that sprout up from the ground. Bashel Adol, this is another kind of shoot. The leaves of a wild onion. These different items cannot become tome like regular foods can become impure. Until they've been sweetened. Since they are very bitter in their natural state, and only once they are pickled or cooked, only then would they lose their bitterness and become edible. So although in general, raw food, even if it's usually cooked before it's eaten, since it's food that essentially is edible, it just needs to be cooked. So even before it's been cooked, it is able to become tomate as a regular food. However, over here, since it's so entirely bitter before it has been cooked or pickled, and it also requires quite a lot of effort in order to make it edible, so until that is actually done and it becomes sweet enough to be eaten, it is not considered to be a food item at all. Even the leaves of pakuais are similar to them, meaning this is another species, possibly a type of melon, that is extremely bitter, and according to Rishimon, that also is not considered to be edible or a food at all until it has actually been sweetened enough for it to be eaten. These are all different kinds of spices. Roshi Vesome means the bulbs of herbs and spices that have a strong smell. The pilpalin, pepper, the chalais choria, loaves of choria. The reason why the Mishnah calls it loaves is because often they were crushed and then stuck together in a similar way to a loaf. The question is whether they are considered to be food or not, and as well as the ramification of whether the laws of impurity of food apply to these items. There is another ramification with regards to the laws of Meister Shani. One of the tithes that is separated in the third and the sixth year 
of the seven-year Shemitah cycle is the tithe of Maishasheni. And that is a tenth of his produce he separates in order to bring up to Yerushalayim and eat over there. It's a unique tithe and that it's not given to anybody else. He's not obligated to give it to anybody else. Rather, he brings it up to Yerushalayim and eats it himself over there. Now, often this can be quite inconvenient to bring up so much produce all the way up to Yerushalayim, and therefore the Torah provides an option for the Meister Shani produce to be redeemed onto money. The money be brought up to Yerushalayim, and then that money should be spent on food in Yerushalayim, and that food would gain the status of Meister Shani food. The Mishnah says the items that were mentioned can be bought with the money of Meister Shani. They are considered to be a food in that regard. However, that having been said, would with regards to the impurity that applied to the food, they were not able to become tome. They're not considered to be like regular food. To be a herb or a spice, that's enough for it to be permitted to buy them with Maizashani money. But in order for them to be proper food, to become impure, they are not considered to be in that category because they are never eaten by themselves. It's always something in order to improve other food and to be eaten with other food, but since they're not eaten by themselves, so they are not able to become impure like regular food. Div Rabbi Akiva, that's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, but Omar Rabbi Yechemenuri, Rabbi Yechemenuri said to Rabbi Akiva, in Nolkachem Chesev Meiser, if it can be bought with Meiser Shani money, that means it's considered to be a food. So, why can it not become impure like regular food? And if you say that it can't become tome with the impurity that applies to food, so then it should also not be permitted to buy it with Maishasheni money because you've got to decide is it considered to be a food or not. As we explained, the explanation of Rabbi Akiva is that in order for it to become impure with the impurity of food, it must be something that can be eaten even by itself.